If you've at all been following along with my journey this past year, from retiring my partner from his teaching job to deciding to drop everything at our home base in Singapore and head for an island nation we'd never even heard of, you're going to want to pour that glass of rosé and get ready as we reveal all on this move, what the hell we were thinking, and how it's all ended up. You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows them to spend more time with their toes in the sand than their fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm an email copywriter and business mentor, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Freedom Found podcast, featuring our special guest, and my hottie of a partner, Dale Darby. Hi there, everyone. I am so excited for this episode because it's based purely on popular demand from you all. And to be honest with you, we have been bombarded with so many DMs during the last few months about our move and what we're doing as borderless entrepreneurs. So we're going to just answer your questions and tell all. And so you know, all the questions that we're answering are actually straight from you and your fellow listeners. So I finally asked my grandfam to submit all your most interested in questions, which we are going to go through and answer piece by piece for you today. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. There really are. And some that I don't think that we've really thought about since we've moved. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be fun. That said, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, hop over there and do so now at crystal.church, where I hang out on stories with tips, trainings, and Life in Mauritius updates pretty much every single day. So first of all, before we really dive into this and whether or not you've been following along our journey, I want to recap what led us here to give you context for the decisions that we made and really why we ended up in Mauritius in the first place. So for those of you who don't know... We were both teachers, and it's crazy to say that in the past tense. I know, like we were literally just doing it, or I was doing it quite recently, and uh, and now everything's changed. Everything's different. I know. I'm. I'm really. I'm actually quite used to saying I used to be a teacher in a past life. I used to be a teacher is what mm-hmm. I usually say, but like I don't think I have really said yet. Like we together used to do that. Yeah, yeah. I know that I still catch myself being like, "Oh, I'm a teacher." No, I'm. What do I do again? <laughs> That's like a whole nother episode <laughs> topic. Um, Secret stuff in the background. Yeah, I know. I'm sure we will do another tell-all in the future, but things are moving and grooving and mm-hmm. we're super excited about it. But yeah, so we used to be elementary school teachers, both of us. Long story short, we met in Romania, actually, teaching at a British school. And then we moved around every couple of years to a new school, new country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, Romania was our first gig. And I think that I can't do this podcast without telling you that Crystal didn't know that Romania was a real country oh before gosh. she actually left for the country. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> this is the second time I moved to a country just months after learning that it existed. What was the other one? Mauritius. Oh, this is the second one. I thought <laughs> you meant before Romania. That's no, like no. Costa Rica? You didn't know that was real? 
No, please. Let the record show. I actually have really good geography skills. It was one of my favorite, like, topic interest subjects, have you? But yeah, I legit thought Romania was fictional because I read about it in Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. And geography in the U.S. education system is the geography (laughs) of the U.S., not of the world. Oh my gosh, maybe we should take a side tangent here and introduce the listeners into you first because I don't know if you have noticed or not yet. I'm kind of immune to it at this point, but... Dale does not sound straight up American. He is not. So why don't you give us like a really quick side tangent backstory on that and then we'll hop into how we ended up in Romania and then transitioning into entrepreneurship. Okay, so here's where we cue the 90s rewind sound effect. (laughs) I'm actually British. My voice is kind of a bit confusing because my dad's American and I hang out with an American lady all the time. Literally Um, all the time. I'm talking about Crystal, just for the record. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Who said American lady? And yeah, so I grew up in England, just did all my studies there, um, but had kind of an American culture to my family. I feel like my dad had, he really wanted to do Thanksgiving and sort of help us grow up eating peanut butter cookies and peanut butter everything. So there was definitely an American influence other than just the food. (laughs) Is peanut butter like totally American? It's totally American. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing, but it's American. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just, uh, like Crystal said, moved away after I'd finished my university doing teaching, moved to Romania straight away and met her and everything sort of blossomed from there. It did. It did. We literally met on our first day of work. It was our first teaching job for both of us ever, like mm-hmm. fresh faced out of college. You young so young and naive and innocent. <laughs> Pre-jaded. <laughs> Yeah, good times. Yeah. So since then, like we moved around to a bunch of different countries like Australia and Singapore twice and Myanmar. Myanmar. Yeah. yeah. Loved Myanmar. Where else? Germany. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now Mauritius? Now Mauritius. Yeah. yeah. Those are the places we've lived. We've we've traveled to lots of other places, but these are the places we've lived in. Yeah. And as we traveled around, we moved to different international schools, very toxic, stressful work environments, not in every one, but in a lot of them. And we just always had that craving for like more time off, mm-hmm. more freedom, like basically all the things that you're supposed to get when you retire, you know, at like 65 or what is it now? Like 72. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some listeners being like, you were school teachers. You had all the time off already. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We do always get that. But let me remind you that like it is so full on and so hectic and so stressful in those months that you are on that you end up just living for the time off and Mm -hmm. that's not healthy for anybody. So anyway, we decided a few years into this stint to start our own business. We knew we were going to do that. We didn't exactly know what it was going to look like. And flash forward, we actually ended up staggering our sort of quote unquote education retirement. So I quit my job and left a really sexist, toxic work environment in Singapore and planned for Dale to be able to retire shortly afterward. That's basically what's happened in the last like 18 months or so, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. I had a slightly different exit actually, because I didn't have the same toxic environment and I was had this difficult decision, like I want more time and I want my life to be different. And the job is still unbelievably stressful no matter what it was. But then it really, it was a difficult decision to be like, should I keep teaching and Crystal do her business? But then it I kept finding it, like Crystal said, like no matter how many holidays you get, if you're working this intense, stressful job and you're just living for the time off, then you're not living most of your life. Yeah. Oh, so then, so deep. yeah. So then it's just like, I got to do it. And uh, I don't regret it at all. It's been amazing. And it's still such, such early days. Like, I really can't wait to see unfold all the things that you've got in motion and just 
life and starting to enjoy things on a different level than we've been able to mm-hmm. for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get yourself out of these old habits. You just catch yourself sometimes just being like, oh, I need to be busy. I need to stress myself out and give myself a big list of tasks to do. And you just eventually have to realize that that's just been trained into you. and It's not the right way to live. It's like a systemic problem that we don't even know that we have. Mm-hmm. It really is like we have been conditioned to need to feel productive, air quotes, and busy. And what is it that we quote unquote accomplished if we didn't feel productive today or we didn't feel busy? Yeah, I know. Seem busy. Yeah. We've talked in the past about this idea of achievositis, where you're just like, if you're not achieving, then you are not a valuable human being. And of course, that's not true at all. But we still create these systems for ourselves where we're achieving. Otherwise, we don't feel like we have meaning in life and has to change. Yeah, so, so true. Okay, we're taking so many interesting side tangents already, but let's go back to we, I quit my job, then built the business up, then Dale put in his notice mm-hmm. less than a year after I started my business, which was just like, it was crazy. I don't know how it was for you. I know we've, we've reflected on it, but it's been a long time since mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a crazy moment to be like, this is possible. Like, we can do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... I know we sat down and we had we had many discussions and looked so at all many the discussions. <laughs> oh <my> God, discussions <laughs> oh. upon discussions oh. and we looked at all the finances and we looked at, at everything and we were just like, is this the right time? And yeah, it was. Like, is it feasible? Is it feasible? Yeah, is that was a feasible? big question. And I think too, the thing is, is like there's always more you can do. And mm. uh, one of the listeners actually asked a question around finances and knowing that it was the time to make the move and Dale retire and all of that. So we're going to get into that in a little bit, but just to touch on it now, I think that there is always this idea that you could be more prepared mm-hmm. and you can be more ready, yeah. right? And so that in itself can cause this paralysis where you've got your feet stuck in the mud and you're like, well, honey, let's just do another another year or yeah. another two years or mm-hmm. another whatever. And in the end, you could have, you had the toolbox ready to take that leap, but you just mentally weren't prepared for you're it. afraid yeah i mean that's what it drives it it's this fear of like what if that's true um, and i think that you can keep what ifing your whole life and sometimes you just gotta be like there is risk for sure in everything that we're doing there's risk but am i gonna spend another five years doing something i'm unhappy doing or am i gonna just take a leap of faith and a very secure leap of faith yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I love just go that. for it yeah and i mean this all comes with the like disclaimer that there is inherent risk in leaving a job in moving countries and starting a business you know that as you're listening and as you're building up a side hustle or growing or scaling a business of your own like there is risk in the entire journey and Mm -hmm. process so we're not just saying drop everything and follow your dreams like without hawaii yeah don't do that (laughs) it's like first off of your tongue do you want to move to hawaii (laughs) So all of it has been very calculated and we will get into that, but it also was fueled by deep desires on what do we actually want to get out of life and what is this all about? Because at the end of the day, life is short and I personally, I don't want to wake up when I'm 65, it's supposed to be retirement age and be like, well, now I get to start living. Mm-hmm. Now is the time, right? When what happened to all of the years that you're actually in your peak physical ability and able to explore and travel in a way that you're not later on. And they say travel because that's like my bread and butter, but whatever that is for you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the time people talk about in business, this idea of a minimal, 
minimum viable product. And I think that when you're deciding to leave, you have to sort of have the same tact as like, what's the minimum viable amount of time before I can actually do this securely and safely with some risk? But that's an interesting perspective. I really like that. Yeah. I feel like we can have a whole nother episode just on mm-hmm. that and planning and prepping either to leave your job or to move somewhere else mm-hmm. or just to take that next big leap. So maybe we'll have to come back and do that yeah. at some point. Yeah. But I'm going to bring us back on track here and talk about really setting our sights on Mauritius and how that happened. So Dale put his notice in and then quit in June 2021, had his last day of school. Mm-hmm. Many tears shed. Actually? No, not from me. The, the kids were really upset. <laughs> but it's okay. It was the end of the year. They would have been upset. Dale anyway. is the best teacher. Come like on. the best. Like they've truly lost a wonderful educator and human being in That's that nice in you. that system. Thank Seriously. You. I literally felt the same way about Crystal. Every year I'd be like, okay, what's she doing so I can copy her? Oh, is that why you're doing that now? <laughs> <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Okay, so in June, Dale actually finished his last day of work. And just shortly before that, I think maybe like four weeks before that, Mm -hmm. we decided on Mauritius and made the announcement, this is where we're going, going to pack everything up and leave. So let's start off with the questions from the listeners and really just dive into that process. The first question I want to address is, what the hell is a borderless entrepreneur? Because... I throw this term around a lot and I use it in exchange for digital nomad Mm -hmm, because I I don't know about you. I don't really identify with being a digital nomad. No, I don't either. And I feel like the phrase has got an association with it isn't always positive. You mean like the four hour work week? Yeah. Oh yeah. You can do that. (laughs) I mean, you know, we're all about time freedom here, but I think there is that association. And for me too, I think it's a broader term. Digital nomad literally means anybody working online like traveling, living in different places, mm-hmm. right? And, and I moving su- constantly as well. That's I feel true. like that associated with that. The nomadic yeah. lifestyle. Like not just moving every couple of years like we do, like moving every month or every two weeks and constantly being on the move. So what would then you say the difference between that and a, being a borderless entrepreneur is? I think the idea of a borderless entrepreneur is that you work in lots of different countries, but your life is there. You're settled in a place. You have friends and you have community and you know the local restaurants that are good and and that's your base and then you can also go and work in other places and travel and do whatever you want but you have a home somewhere perhaps then also like a longer term like stint in each place mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah i mean i agree i think i have the same definition too it's really the difference being that like obviously with the term borderless entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur you're a business owner you can live in different places and travel around but having that base i think is a very big differentiator mm-hmm. because i don't want to live out of, out of a suitcase or a backpack anymore no and hotels like, are nice but they yo, i'm in my 30s <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've, we've done that enough and we've it's done that enough. tiresome wearing yeah. the same five t-shirts <laughs> it does i like having a house isn't it nice it's nice yeah yeah and i know there are some digital nomads who would identify as having a house and living somewhere and basically being all the things that we're describing as borderless entrepreneur. I know that that phrase doesn't necessarily apply to everyone, but yeah, I think that that it's just in our our interpretation. Absolutely. Yeah. This is what it means to us. And also no shade thrown to digital nomads out there. Like, love you guys. I consume so much of your content. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a great way to live. And you can be a digital nomad and not be an entrepreneur, which is another distinction, Mm. right? Like you can work, especially since the pandemic, I saw a statistic this last week. It blew my mind. 
Over 80% of workers now prefer to be remote as much as possible. And I thought that's wild. That is. Like our world is changing. Yeah. Even if it's just part-time, people want that freedom. Yes. So you can be obviously a digital nomad and not have your own business too. So being a borderless entrepreneur for us too is just also enabling this freedom lifestyle. And what that really means for us is so, so different to so many other people. Mm-hmm. Like you're mentioning, like we like to travel and do all of this and live in different places, but enabling a freedom lifestyle for somebody else could look entirely different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like um, there may even be a point in our lives where we just want to stay somewhere for a long time. And that's still our freedom lifestyle because we're choosing it and we're choosing how to spend our days and what activities we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the second question we've got here is so, so good because it's getting into nitty-gritty details of when we decided to move. So what was your set of criteria for choosing a new country when you decided to leave Singapore? Mm, Good question. I like that. You want to take it away? Sure. Well, the interesting thing about when you're moving to a new country is you really have to try to imagine what your life is going to look like when you live there. Down to the basic details of like, am I going grocery shopping nearby or am I driving somewhere? And you really have to think very carefully about what do I want my life to look like in each of these places? Um, So the criteria that we had were actually just the things that we enjoy in life. We had the amount of outdoor space because I know in Singapore, they have lots of great outdoor space, but it's still a very small country and we had seen lots of it. So we wanted somewhere that was a little bit bigger than Singapore. We also had, (laughs) is there rock climbing there? Um, (laughs) Yes, we did. Shout out to rock climbers everywhere. (laughs) Now, what were some of the other ones we had? Well, I would like to say that all of this was laid out in a beautifully designed spreadsheet by Dale. And (laughs) I'm not even joking. We had like categories and there were columns and color coordination. There was even some macros. Ooh. Oh, that's hot. (laughs) Talk dirty. Okay. So really when we looked at criteria, yeah, outdoor lifestyle was really huge on our radar because we just love it so much. We feel our best selves when we're out in nature. So we really wanted somewhere that had some elevation so we could go like actually mountain hiking, had sites to go rock climbing because we're really into that and just be able to get back into activities like going scuba diving and snorkeling. Mm-hmm. And y'all, one of my dreams has been to have a paddle board and be able to go out in the mornings <laughs> on my paddle board on like the turquoise water. So those were definitely some of the top contenders for me. Yeah. Healthcare was also a really big contender for me. We've lived in a lot of different places around the world and there's quite a vastly different quality of healthcare. So that was very important, especially during COVID time. I don't want to talk about COVID anymore because we've talked about it endlessly, but yeah, it's important. We also had COVID as one of the criteria because... No, we, we didn't have COVID. No, we had it as one of the criteria <laughs> um, because we wanted to go somewhere where we felt relatively safe and the numbers were quite low. So healthcare in itself was a category and then COVID was a category in terms of like, what is the situation like there? What are the requirements for getting in? There were mm-hmm. a lot of places on our preferred list that we like weren't able to get into or would have been complicated or yeah new zealand oh oh my gosh (laughs) one day we're like knocking on the door (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get a van and go to new zealand i can't wait yeah it's gonna be so good yeah and also the cost of living oh yeah of course yeah so we 
obviously we didn't know a lot of the cost of livings for the countries that we were looking at. So that was quite a deep dive on the internet. It's like, how much do you pay for a lettuce? It was one, one of the blogs that I read. <laughs> why I know, why lettuce? I don't know. That's the standard baseline <laughs> for economies. I wonder what you Googled to get <laughs> How that. much does a lettuce cost in Mauritius? <laughs> I'm very concerned with the cost of lettuce increasing with inflation. Yeah. Um, um, lettuces are expensive in Mauritius, but everything else is, is all right. Yeah. I mean, I remember spending a lot of time researching the cost of rent, mm-hmm. looking at properties. Different what priorities, could we get? Yeah. what could we get for our money basically like another thing we don't often talk about but another like future future plan of dale and mine is financial independence Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you are familiar with the fire plan financial independence retire early but that is something that is high up on our priority list so we wanted to be able to have a low cost of living but a high quality of lifestyle Mm -hmm. because we have high taste yes we do and also to be able to save so like easy yeah and so we essentially started mapping out countries and then have these categories right next to each other so we could really compare countries side by side. Mm -hmm. Color-coded, of course. But yeah, it was a tough decision because we had some in there that were really high in outdoors and healthcare, and then the cost of living was just way higher than we thought it was going to be. Yes, Um, that's so true. That actually leads us into the next question. mm -hmm. So the next question is, what countries were your top contenders? Mm. So give us a rundown, honey. A lot of our places were in the Caribbean, actually, mm-hmm. and Mauritius was kind of this crazy outlier. Yeah. So there were, we had to obviously look at places that had the digital nomad visa or premium visas. Actually, just to give some context here on digital nomad visas and that whole thing, basically, it has been very hard for years to get a digital nomad visa for a country to allow you to stay in that place, not as a tourist, and actually just work on your own and not in a company in that country until COVID. So I feel like the whole pandemic fast forwarded this movement like a hundred times compared to what it was going to be. For sure. Yeah. Because of the lack of tourism in so many countries that relied heavily on it and it made up a huge portion of their GDP, countries started saying, okay, well, how can we get travelers to come in, but long-term so it's safe, so it fits with our COVID restrictions, et cetera. And they started kind of competing with each other to offer these long-term digital nomad visas. Mm -hmm. So I think Croatia was one of the first ones to do it, and a bunch of others started offering them that started to bring in more revenue for those countries. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Like, they've got people working for countries, companies outside of their country and bringing money into their country. To spend. Yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I have to say, this is like one of the crazy crystal idea moments i literally read on a blog about a list of these countries so all of our top contenders came because i was like scrolling on social media i got pushed a blog about Mm -hmm. digital nomad visas that had just come out started reading it and i was like i have to choose one of these i i know that this is our next step and it was just at a time where i was so bored with not being able to leave Singapore for several years in COVID. So Dale and I went to lunch at our favorite restaurant. And I don't know, do you remember this? I said to yeah. you, I've got another crazy idea. <laughs> I think I said another one. <laughs> I'm just settling. <laughs> no, it was, um, it came at a good time though. Like the door just opened at the right time. Thank you. Whoever wrote that blog, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. You changed yeah. our life. So essentially we got our top contenders from this blog that Crystal had found. We had Barbados, we had Bermuda, which was interesting. Mm, and we considered did. That one. Bermuda, we were like super into. Yeah. High cost of living though. Yeah. And we didn't know much about it other than the triangle thing, which yeah, 
not real. <laughs> um, where else? Antigua and Barbuda, yes. which, which sounded very country. similar. Yes. Um, and then we had a couple of others rattling around in Europe. We were considering Spain or Croatia, Portugal. Yeah, which are kind of like longer term places. Like mm-hmm. we might want to spend some time, but we honestly just wanted to go and live an easy breezy tropical life. So we personally just were leaning way more toward anything with turquoise blue waters and the ability to like get out in the ocean every day. Yeah, and more of a relaxed lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Island time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that leads on to question number four, which is how did we settle on Mauritius? And let me just say, when we were reading that blog article, I read the name Mauritius, was like, I have no idea where that is, went to Google Maps. I couldn't believe, for those of you who don't know, and mom, I'm also talking to you if you're listening, (laughs) Mauritius is a small island nation nearish off the coast of Madagascar. Mm -hmm. So it is in the southern African, like, region. It's technically an African country and it sits in the Indian Ocean, nice and sunny and warm Indian Ocean. And for those people who don't know, Madagascar is just to the southeast of mainland Africa, the continent. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Um, it's also very near to like the Seychelles yep. and directly north the of Maldives. where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it is a country of 1.2 million people. So it is small but mighty. They've got a really nice melting pot of cultures and history here, Mm -hmm. which I found to be quite similar to Singapore. Yeah, that's one of the things we liked about it. It was people from who've immigrated over many, many generations from many places in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get this this hot pot of languages and cultures and food. So then, yes, there's a lot of languages, too. The actual official language is English, um, which I think is quite surprising. I thought it would be Creole or French, but it's English, and it's the language of instruction in schools as well, which I have to be honest, is both nice and also makes it very hard for me to improve my French skills. For sure. I I started by learning a bunch of French beforehand, and then when I got here and everyone's speaking in English, I'm like, no, 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 I want to speak in my French. (laughs) And then they're like, no, we don't speak French, we speak Creole. I'm like, oh. Now, I'm like, I'm going to learn Creole. I think that's just going to be the coolest. Yeah. Yeah, and I heard it's easier to learn than French. There's a lot of similarities to French. There, yeah, yeah it, it's a nice mix. Um, and I think that you can translate some of that in other African countries, which mm-hmm. would be nice. So, what is our question? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me check. Uh, how did you settle on Mauritius? Yes, okay. Okay, so, coming back. So, <laughs> can I talk our, about the Google Sheets again? <laughs> <laughs> that's our intro on Mauritius. Um Really, we settled on that. Like, yeah, going back to your Google Sheets now, Mm -hmm. we looked at all of the island nations and Mauritius had the most like green space for us to explore and most elevation because we do really like hiking and rock climbing Mm -hmm. a lot. So that actually played into it quite a lot. It was massive national park with just gorgeous like waterfalls everywhere and volcanoes and extinct volcanoes. (laughs) And also cost of living. So let's get down to like nitty gritty pieces here, you guys. It is expensive to live in the Caribbean. And while we might go and live there at some point in the future, right now we were like, why not go somewhere crazy? We've not been able to travel as much as we usually do with COVID. So why not go somewhere like totally off our normal radar? And thus... Mauritius, we settled on it. It just felt right. It did. It It did. And we looked at houses in all of the places, obviously, because you want to get an idea of where we could live. And so we were looking within our price range um, and we were just like, wow, they're 
is this real? Are we being scammed into coming to this country somehow? <laughs> yeah, you can get some amazing properties here for what I used to pay for like a two-bedroom duplex apartment back in Portland yeah. like 10 years ago. I don't even know what the cost of that would be now. It'd be crazy. It would. And we were. And then we had the incredibly tough decision. Do we live far away from people but in like a crazy beautiful national park with a private swimming pool and villa? Or do we live closer <laughs> to people? With a slightly smaller villa. I think we need to bring your head back down to earth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's essentially like how we ended up choosing Mauritius. It felt right. We narrowed down the criteria. It had everything we were looking for. And I just want to say like side tangent that if you were trying to think about not just if you want to move somewhere, but like creating the life that you want, like what we really did when thinking about where we wanted to move is we thought not just, okay, what has the best stats on our spreadsheet, but what would enable our day-to-day lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. what did we really want? So like when life? you were saying about getting a paddleboard, it's like, that is something that you wanted to make your life. It's like, wake up in the morning, go out and do a paddleboard around the bay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So if you're at all thinking like, oh, there is something that I want in my life or a different life that I'd like to create for myself. My first recommendation to you is like journal on it. And I still do this like whenever you've done it too. Like, yeah, yeah. It's um, important. We're both big fans of the Desire Map, the book. Yeah. I still need to do it again. I feel like yes. it's something you come back to. The Desire Map. I need, I can't remember the author's name. Do you know? No, I can't no, remember. No, I can't remember it. But um, if you're listening, you're interested, shoot me a DM and I'll send it to you. But she's a wonderful sort of guide on this journey to really identifying the desires, like what do you really want in life and basing that all around how you want to feel, not the things that you want to have. So we didn't choose Mauritius because we were like, oh, well, we can have a great house. We chose Mauritius because Mm -hmm. we were like, we want to feel. Yeah. I don't know what your words were, but for me, like I wanted to feel fresh and calm and peaceful Peaceful, every day. Yeah. 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 I want to feel clean mentally and peaceful. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and this and having the, some of the things that are here allowed us to feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah, so definitely check out that book. Journal on what you really want your life and your day-to-day to look like. Um, and we're going to continue, or at least I'm going to continue to do that like on a yearly basis, if not more frequently. Mm-hmm. Now, question number five. How did you know you were financially ready to make a move like that and retire Dale? Ah, uh, okay. So I think we we touched on this a little bit when we were talking about um, leaving Singapore and kind of the idea of when are you ready? When are you secure? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is kind of like two questions because it didn't happen all at once, right? We made the decision to retire you mm-hmm. six months before we actually left Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a whole, to answer that question, maths. We just did so <laughs> much maths. There's his British coming out. Do you hear they put an S on the end of words that don't need it? Is there just one math? No, there are multiple maths. <laughs> These are all things we used to like bicker and flirt about when we first met. And then it got to a point where we were like, we cannot have a healthy relationship exactly. if we keep pointing out our British Americanisms. It's just language. It's just language. But I do it just to poke fun now. I know. And I was always right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of math. Like you need to know your finances, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like that was really important to me is like, I didn't want to go into anything where... I ended up later being like, oh, that was a bad idea or we actually weren't financially ready. Like I wanted to know my numbers in my business Mm -hmm. specifically and like outside of whether or not you are planning on retiring your partner or moving somewhere like 
Know your numbers. Yeah, and for sure, give yourself a buffer and then times it by five. Because you mm-hmm. want to make yourself so secure that if something goes wrong, because stuff goes wrong, life happens, you aren't completely screwed. Yeah, even actually in the last several months, like we ended up, or I ended up, taking off more time from the business mm. than I had planned to. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Like, it wasn't even a question because we had pre-planned, like, uh, what is it? Your buffer. Is that what you yeah, call it? Yeah, buffer, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think definitely knowing your numbers first is so key. And I think everybody kind of wants to hear a magic number. Don't you think? They're like, how, yeah. much, how much do I need? Because I've been that and I am many times like... 12. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> yeah, many times like thinking about what, how much do we need to be financially independent? Mm-hmm. How much do we need to do this or take this vacation or whatever? But it is going to be so variable because everybody's lifestyle is different. Even if we move to different countries, the amount yes. would have been different. Well, and that actually plays into why we chose Mauritius. If we wanted to live this lifestyle and we were looking at going to Antigua or Barbados, it would have cost us a lot more. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that influenced us to move here as well. Yeah. And we could have done it. I think that's the point is that we could have said our lifestyle is this and been fine. But it puts you into this territory where where you're not as comfortable and you have a little bit of anxiety about finances. And we don't want to live that way. So Yeah. Absolutely. Especially just because it's such a priority for us to save as much as we can. Mm -hmm. So it's different if you don't have like huge savings goals. But for us wanting to really think about our future and being financially independent, like high priority is to save, save, save. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of being financially ready, um, for me, at least in my business, when I felt like, okay, I could support both of us was when I think maybe I filled the salary I was earning at my past job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a lot in Singapore. You get paid quite a lot to be an international school teacher, six figure like Mark. And I was like, okay, if I'm bringing in as much as I was bringing in, in my old job, there's no excuse the two of us could certainly live on that mm-hmm. amount and still save. For sure. So it was probably around that mark for me, but it was also not just like hitting that once or twice, right? Like hitting one or two, 10K, yeah. 15K, yeah. whatever plus months but it's more about when it becomes stable yeah 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 what about you do you feel like there was a moment when you were like oh now we're financially viable i think i think you hit the nail on the head i think it was when i realized like that we could do this and make the same amount of money slash way more because because i was worried for a long time just being like can we make this happen can we do it can we do it and crystal of course being the legend she is was just like <laughs> yeah duh <laughs> and she did it and and that was the moment that i was like wow i am i have an amazing partner oh you're so sweet <laughs> yeah and and that you. was the moment i love you too that was also the moment that that i realized that we could do this life yeah yeah I think too, though, it's about mindset and you were still existing in a nine to five mindset. Mm -hmm. And I had been there before and then gone through this entrepreneurial journey. And like you in that process really learn what is possible. So that's a big part of it as well. Um, Definitely consistency. But that really is all about everything we've just said, I feel like is about retiring you, not Mm -hmm. necessarily about the move. And I kind of have a strong opinion about this. Let me hear it. I would say... How to know we were financially ready to make the move was so long as we were moving to a place that was at or below our current cost of living, 
all we needed to financially make the move was the funds for the cost of the move times two mm-hmm. because things come up. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, you have to like hit seven figures to move to Mauritius. You guys, like this is like costing less than, like I said, my old apartment back in Portland, Oregon, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And we're able to live this crazy lifestyle and save a lot of money as well. So for me, it was really just as long as we had regular finances in the business for life, mm-hmm. then we could move anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, you have to pay. It does cost money to move. Um, but we slimmed down quite a lot, too. Like we didn't ship all of our stuff. We got rid of almost everything and brought like five suitcases with us. Yeah, we were cutthroat. Like Super we cutthroat. were just getting rid of everything. And uh it's so cleansing though. It is very it's it's a good feeling. But now sometimes we're like, do we have that thing? <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. done this in so many countries where we buy stuff and then we leave and we sell it. And then I'm like, do we still own a hammer? I know. I, know. I can picture it in my mind, but I don't <laughs> like, know which country. And then it was. Dale's like, that that was like three countries ago. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that is definitely one of the downsides there. But Essentially, we moved in a way that was also within our budget. So you can always move more expensive. You could like pack up everything you own and ship it, but we don't see the point in that. No. And we kept the things that are important to us. That's what was nice about it is we can identify the things that are actually valuable to our, to us. And I don't mean just mean financially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I would definitely always say to over budget, right? Like what Dale said, I just want to reiterate, reiterate that point. So you are not going against like the last penny that you've gotten bank account, like always have redundancy, always protect yourself and always have a cushion. And that can sometimes come from adjusting what you want your lifestyle to look like is to give yourself that freedom of finances by living somewhere cheaper. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. Next question. What's a day in the life looking like for you two? Okay. So for example, uh, this morning I took my kayak out and snorkeled around the bay. Um, Much to my an- jealousy. I know. saw some <laughs> anemones, I think that's right, and coral and things, um, and then came back and, and started doing some, some work with Crystal. Yeah. And I think day in the life too, we kind of generally keep a similar-ish schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, we both like to do some sort of activity or exercise in the morning. So like I'll do yoga or together we'll go on like a really long beach walk and get in like you know, 5,000 steps or something. Mm-hmm. And what you go, you do a run in the morning, learn your French. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, and then what else do we do? I mean, I usually have a bit more structure to my day. So I'll hop in, I'll do some work with clients, get on Voxer, support people, do um, team meetings, etc. And then I've always kept my long lunches. So I do my two hour lunch. I go to the gym for an hour and then I do an hour of lunch with Dale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm busy doing secret funnel stuff in the background right now, um, which I'm sure you'll find out about soon. Um, but yeah, and then have lunch with Crystal, and then one of us cooks um, for dinner. <laughs> Let's be honest, it is you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. He cooks like 90% of our food. <laughs> I'm so lucky. <laughs> it's not very good, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're a... Adequate. Great, <laughs> adequate <great> chef. <laughs> um, yeah, and then what? In the evenings, we usually do some sort of activity like uh, another beach walk or now that we have the kayak, we'll go out in the kayak mm-hmm. together. I really want to get my paddleboard so that we can start doing that. So that's like new purchase up and coming. I cannot wait. And we just uh, did a big DIY project for our dartboard. So we're... <laughs> Competing very fiercely at that. Yeah, except we're both terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we kind of, I guess to sum that up, day in the life, it's like physical activity, definitely. We like to be outside, Mm -hmm. um, hopping in, doing some work, but having like 
in and out of business. It's really nice to yeah. do activity, jump in, activity, jump out, you know. Mm -hmm. It's way more motivating to, to go and do something outside at lunch and then come back to work rather yes. than just working all the way through or being in the house all the way. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and then on the weekends, like I think every weekend we pretty much drive to the mountains, mm -hmm. which aren't far, and we do some crazy hike. Hike through a waterfall or yes. we're going to go rock climbing sometime soon. I think we should go tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so day in the life is just like enjoying where we are because if we just stay inside of our house all day, we could be anywhere. So I want to make sure that whenever we move away from Mauritius, mm. we've been like, oh, we really did Mauritius. Yeah. Like we lived it. Okay. So next question, we've just got two left. How long will you stay there? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> Everybody's been asking me this. This is literally maybe the most asked question next to where the hell is Mauritius. Mm -hmm. The second is how long are you going to be? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because it seems like we're in a traveling location because every photo looks like a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And there, there is a very big um, travel industry here. Yeah. So, um, But in terms of staying, like we want to stay at least one year. I think that's what oh. we've said. We've had an at least... That reminds me of another criteria we had on our spreadsheet. What? One of our biggest ones. What was it? Community. Community. So important. Yeah. For us, we really reflected a lot like when we were stuck in Singapore and thinking about the life that we wanted to create. And we wanted to make sure that wherever we went, we had community. It's yeah. so important. So important. And we've had some great communities in the countries that we've lived in. We and we knew that when we moved to a new place, we wanted to have somewhere. Um, we've had the school communities in the past where we've met people. And now we weren't going to have that school community. So we had to find a uh, find a place. Um, that that had one. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, so community was really big. So when I think about the question of how long we're going to stay, like Dale said, I think We'll probably stay a year at least. Mm -hmm. But if we find a great, great community here and we're already meeting people and making friends. So if we find a community that we just totally vibe with, we'll probably stay longer. Yeah. I'd like to say hopefully longer, always hopefully longer, because if, as long as we meet our people. Yeah. And, and if we like meet people and like it, but then still just have an itch to go somewhere else, then we'll just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy now. We don't have to stick to the school schedule. I know. We're, I'm just always like, okay, in September, we'll yes, do this. I know. <laughs> yeah. So a year pending, we'll let you know. But obviously lots of travel and stuff in between as the world continues to open up. And our final question, where will we go next? <laughs> Well, Ooh. maybe Crystal will read a blog. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> you know. We've got, no, no, you go, you go. Well, to be honest, I don't know. Because we have talked about many places where we would like to go and spend time. Like we even mentioned New Zealand earlier. That's definitely a place that we'd like to spend a year doing van life and traveling around. We've talked about buying a house in Spain before. Yeah, we've talked about doing van life in the US. We have. That's true. We want to go to South America. Yeah. At the world is our oyster, babe. I think that's the great thing. I think that's a perfect place to leave it. I think it is. We'll let you know. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much, Dale, for joining me. You're welcome. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please head over and leave a review and subscribe to the Freedom Found podcast. It means so much to our growth and being able to reach and support more business owners just like you. 
And if you loved this episode and interview with Dale and you want more of all things life abroad, copywriting, and business growth, head over to Instagram and follow me at crystal.church and share a screenshot of this episode with your favorite takeaway on your stories. Catch you next time.